Hi, this is Joel Bogus, one half of the Relaunch Show broadcast team, and you are listening to my buddy Jeff Smith. Vroom, vroom, fear. Yay. That was awesome. Is that okay? <laughs> no, that was the best. I like the way you did vroom, vroom, fear. <laughs> well, Let me do done. it one more time. Well, okay, more time. go for it. Hi, this is Joel Bogus. Hi, this is Joel Bogus, one half of the broadcast team of the Relaunch Show. And you are listening to my buddy, Jeff Smith, and Vroom Vroom Veer. Well done, sir. Thank you. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Priest Willis Sr. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going well, Jeff. How are you? Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm well and you are welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so so we have a mutual friend in Paul Maskill. He was on my show recently and, uh, and you guys are both in North Carolina. We are Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, so far we've connected by Twitter and I'm, I'm trying to see if I can get some coffee with him. But yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We, we, are, we are Raleigh Connects, for sure. Cool. So you get this, the, the Vroom Vroom Veer show. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more later about what you have going on in your business. Um, and that's at, let me make sure I get this right, the affiliatemission.com. And you are an affiliate management company. Did I get That's that right. right? Yes, you I did. got that right. So, and we'll get into more of that as we go. Yeah. But let's let's talk about you in high school. What mm. sort of folks did you hang out with in high school? Funny. So, uh, so I was in high school, of course, and uh, I was the football player, prom king, um, uh, that guy, Uber jock. Well, not an Uber jock, actually. So I, I played football for a couple of years and I quit for more or less a girlfriend. Okay. Um, wow. So I, yeah, I wanted to, <laughs> instead of go after practice, I kind of wanted to hang out with her. So by the time I was a sophomore, I kind of dropped out of football, period. Wow. And football is like, was a major passion for me. So it was, it was a, that was my first, now that we're talking about it, Jeff, that was I your found first out, veer, right? That was my first veer where you just, Set the record straight for me. So anyways, um, but uh, it, it kind of all worked out for me. I played football. I had fun for what it was and then just lost interest and kind of hung around with my girlfriend. But by the time, you know, I was a senior in high school, I was prom king, but I never really had a click. So I never really hung around with a particular group. Okay. Um, the popular kids and all that kind of stuff. I was just the guy that kind of had the nice mix. So it's interesting, not that this should mean anything, but sometimes I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and, you know, Milwaukee is known for being, you know, probably one of the most segregated cities in the state. Really? Okay. Um, I didn't know that. Or, uh, yeah, one of the most segregated states in the country, I should say. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's 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 on record, unfortunately. So, you know, a lot of times you can see that even in the high schools within Milwaukee, you can kind of see the segregation. But I, I grew up biracial. So okay. those 
those color lines never really, I, I never really felt like they pertain to me. Mm, um, right, right. So I always kind of crossed lines and had different groups that I talked to and I could, you know, I just, I could, I could blend very well. So I never really had one set group that said, hey, he was with the popular kids or he was with the jocks or he was with this group and right. he joined that group. I was just, I was just the everyman, I guess. No, I get it. You were, and I, I had a similar experience. I had like a core of friends, but they did cross those like lines. Like yep. one of my really, really good friends from like, like before, well, okay. So I have a friend that was still my friend. That's still my friend since I was like uh, four years old. <laughs> wow. And he is, uh, he's a chemical engineer, math nerd. Okay. <laughs> and his best buddy was a uh, real super artistic drama type, mm. right? So mm. right away, so those were my like two best friends. And then add in the third guy, he was like a motorhead, like really into tinkering with cars and electronics and computers. Oh, so, so you got them all across the really board. really just ran the gambit. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah the gambit of, of anything, anybody that was fun to hang out with was okay in my book. You know, if yeah, you were a dick, then I didn't want to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah, same, same here. And yeah. I think that's what it boiled down to. That's why, you know, me and my story and how I grew up is so important because I think culturally I never really set standards on, okay, if this person looks like me, that's who I hang out with. Or if this person likes the music that I like because that's not really how I grew up. So that wouldn't right. really be – that wouldn't really pertain to my life. So even today I have that same collection of groups, people – you know, that like different cars, they like different kind of music. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's interesting, though, Jeff, that we're talking about this because I just read an article um, about men that don't keep friendships for a long time. So the fact that you were saying you had this friend for four years and I'm trying to think I had it in my pocket. Uh, I'll have to share it with you. But it just talked about men in general. As we grow up, we don't tend to keep the same friends that we had from the very beginning. That's true. And, I, you know, I always found that interesting, too. Like, it is interesting how my wife, she literally has her same collection of friends that she's had since she was in high school or before. Right. And mine has, in some sense, varied. You know, sometimes it goes with the job. Sometimes it goes with other things. And I've only had a small circle that has protruded all that. So I, it's, it's interesting that you've had someone since you were four. That's, that's Yeah. I know, right? Well, yeah. and 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 I'll say that uh, I know where I am on that golf. Though the mm. only reason that we still hang out is he's good at hanging out at keeping up contacts. Yes. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. And I don't know. You know, I I you know part of it came for me. Um, you know, when you're in the military, I was in the military 20 years, and you kind of like. You get real close with the people that you work with and even mm -hmm. just people that you meet that are also in the military, mm -hmm. whether or not you're you know working together or not. You make some really, really close bonds. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know it's not going to last forever. But, totally. Right. But at the same time, like if I were to run into some of those really close folks from, you know, my military days, we would just pick it up like there was no time in between. Yeah, and I think that's that is kind of an advantage with men is that yeah, not to isolate women, but you know, typically like I have a friend that I've known for 20 plus years that him and I, he lives in Minnesota. Of course, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina now, but when when we see each other, which is about once a year, 
you you would swear like we had no time between us. Right. Right. Yeah. You just pick it up. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So what's yeah. you up? What what's going on with you? Because, you know, for the most part, as you grow older, you realize that most everything stays the same. You know? True. So it's like Year to year, very little changes. So dudes can catch up in like five minutes. Everything cool? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and then is your car and, running? Great. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like as you hang out, like I, like you said, I have friends that I hang out with um, a couple times a year. You know. Yep. Um, so there's this whole family that we started hanging out with when we were stationed in Panama City, Florida, right? And they now live in Tucson. So mm. we go see them a couple times a year, but it's hilarious that we've stayed not, uh, in contact and lost contact and stayed in contact and lost contact, like from like 19, let's see, when was I there? So like 97, no, 90, somewhere between 94 and 97 was when I was in Tyndall. Uh, so about 18, 19, 20 years. Maybe. Right. Crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and they were in Germany, we're in Japan. We you know, they're they're in Vegas, we're here. You know, it's 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 crazy. So yeah. Yeah. I, so so I, I you know, it, it is interesting because I still have friends, you know, I relocated to Raleigh, North Carolina when I was uh about 37, 36 right. years old. But I grew up born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, so you're a Packer fan, I hope. Uh, uh well oh <laughs> I know. No, no. I know. This this is one of the reasons why okay. I no longer live there. I got kicked out. No, I'm uh, just kidding. That's but, funny. <laughs> but I am I am partly a Packer fan. I mean, you know, sometimes when you grow up there you uh, yeah, it's kind of they stamp it on your birth certificate. It's required, that right? It is right, right. kind of a requirement. But sure. I'm a football fan, as I talked about earlier. So mm. I don't. I never really got so involved with one team. And my brother would tell you, like, yeah. I just kind of vacillate between different teams. So I'm really into Carolina Panthers right now. Well, you're there, so that's good. I'm here yeah. exactly. So that's how easy I can switch over. I didn't have any real allegiance to the Packers, although I want to see them win. Right, right. The whole bit, but. You know, especially with the the recent events um, in Milwaukee, particularly with the the rioting and other stuff going on, it's just interesting to think, wow, I have I have friends and family that are still there. So it's it's sort of surreal for me now to have done another veer and move here to Raleigh, North Carolina, and have been here for four years, but to see the city kind of go through its own changes and in some cases not positively so yeah it's, that, it, that, that the thing with the police and the race and the, that's just getting crazy i mean yikes <laughs> yeah it, yeah you know what it's 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 getting crazy but I, I think the bigger part is it's it's always been crazy it's just i think will smith or someone said it that it's 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 not necessarily getting crazy it's just getting filmed that's true. You're right. And, You're right. And so, that's, yeah, that's the difference. It's always had it's this because there's Twitter now and there's Facebook. Twitter, there's Facebook streaming. Live. Everybody's got a streaming, camera all the time. Periscoping. You can use yeah. all these social tools right, right. For, for good and it's bad. It's changing and, everything. Yeah. It is. It yeah. is. It's it's changing right. the map for finding injustices and so right. forth and so on, both on the positive level and, and a negative, negative level. You're right. You're but right. And, and I but say it's negative. A, it's exposing things for for good and ill, you know? It is. Right. It is. Right. In, in, in this circumstance where... You can't where, hide anymore, basically. No, you can't. You can't. You, I mean, <laughs> right. there is really no hiding. But I again, I don't think there ever was. I think there's tools that the the common man can use. But I always... I'm a firm believer that there was always things that 
had you were recording you people were watching not right. not I wasn't crazy conspiracy theorist but I did have like I know that there's stuff out there that knows more about us than we do it and now there's <laughs> right. more tools for it but you know in the Milwaukee incident for example you, uh, uh, where social media becomes bad is we we haven't even got the full we haven't seen the police officer's body cam right, we don't right. know if this guy had a gun or not but the fact that people have access to twitter and they can immediately go out and report stuff the riot was caused from my understanding by twitter and people saying he didn't have a gun and it, this is injustice and people immediately flood out to the streets without having all the facts now yeah. if there was injustice there i'd be the first to scream it but right. we don't know. And so right, right. that's where you get the negative results of kind of social media. No, and that's true. Can do. Right, yeah. right. Because it's just totally, you know, you know, and people do that. You know, that's like nature of the beast almost. It's like they just jump at those yeah. sort of like visceral sort of, uh, is this true? Is this not true? No time for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't need to know facts. We just right. need to jump on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay, well let's let's rewind because we came we came forward a little bit. So so we know that you were kind of the ambassador type in high school and uh, and <laughs> you know you were kind of like going over to see the jocks and hanging out with the nerds and then go <laughs> hang out with the burnouts and and the and the stoners. Yeah, yeah. So you were you were getting money for everybody. I was I was collecting <laughs> collecting from all sides. <laughs> I was a politician in high school. So what did you do in college? Well, so what happened was I so I went off to college um, and then, um, you know, I had a family relatively early. So my son was born when I was 20 years old. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty yes. early. So the, he plays football right now. He plays for Texas A&M. Right. And he's 21 now. So when I had him. Um, you know, things kind of changed. So I had to drop out of school mm. and focus on raising my family. Being a dad, that's a big... Being a dad, yeah. which is was another veer for me because obviously... Oh, it's a huge veer. No one plans on setting out to be a father at 20 years old, but no. it, you know, it, for me it happened. Right. And my father sat down with me and he told me, you know, he said, priests don't run almost as if he saw the fear in my face of being a 21 year or 20 year old dad. Mm. Um, right. So scary moment, very scary, very scary in, in every way possible because you go from completely thinking about yourself to now having to focus on another human being. Right. Wow. And that requires more sacrifices than just deciding to leave school. It requires financial sacrifices and right. time and so forth and so on. So it's that humbling, was really it's, it's very, very humbling, right. very humbling right. quickly and on, on more levels than one. So mm. it's one thing to be humbling to have a family at 30. And now, you know, you got to have a kid throw cake on your face and you <laughs> let them do crazy stuff and pull your hair. That's humbling and crying right, in the, right. or you in you the restaurant like a princess or something. Yeah, you dress up like a princess <laughs> and have tea parties with her and all that kind of stuff. Right. That's humbling. Yeah. But then it's also humbling to be 20. And people begin to judge and, and um, uh, question, you know, your motives and will you be successful based on the fact that you have a child so young and so forth and so on. So there were many factors that felt like the weight of the world on me. And, you know, during that time, you know, I said, OK, well, I'm going to I'm going to go back to school. And, um, you know, shortly after, literally, my mom passed away of cancer. Mm. 
So that that shifted just my wow. whole focus on what what was I going to do with life? Because my mother was both. I was raised by both my mother and father, both very strong, vocal, active parents. But my mother was still just sort of that backbone. Mm, right. Uh, so now I have a child. I lost my mother. I'm caught between do I go back to school? How do I how do I raise my child and so forth and so on? Well, you got to uh, pay the bills. You got to pay the bills. And you got to grow. And you have to grow. So eventually I did go back. I graduated from high school, by the way. So that, that wasn't an issue. But I graduated as a C student. So it wasn't like I came out of there um, with A's and just killed it. And all of a right, sudden right. college wasn't a dream. I always questioned myself even coming out of high school was I college material mm, uh, right, right. to begin with, you know, because okay. I was a C student in high school. And I don't know if that was based on application or just my, um, I don't know, my unenthusiastic, yeah, <laughs> right, attitude. Right. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. You know, I was always a very cordial student. I was always good to the, to the teachers. No one can ever say I was bad to them as a student, so forth and so on. But I don't know if I was ever the person that was trying to do the extra stuff in school. Now, yeah. you know, looking back on time, I wish I had, but mm. I didn't. Right, right. And so when I came out of high school, I'm like, do I really want to go to college? Am I cut out for this? Mm. Uh, but I think my son was a blessing in the sense that it created sort of this, and I hate this word, but I'm going to use it anyways. It created this hustle in me mm. that yeah, I, um, I wouldn't have otherwise, I don't think I would have had as fast. No, but that everybody needs that sort of, well, okay, that's not not everybody, <laughs> but some of us, some of us need some sort of external yep. motivator, inspirator, whatever, or eater. <laughs> and for you, it was your son, right? Yep. And for me, you know, I had lots of those moments, but mostly they were just like, I, you know, you have one of those, oh, I got to get over myself moments. But weren't you an A student coming out of school? Weren't no, you that? No, 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 no. Now you're gonna. I don't know. You go ahead and judge away. But here, here was me, um, in high school. So, um, I like I said, I had a mix of folks mm -hmm. uh, that I hung out with, and some of them were the super academics, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I had that crowd that I was looking at going, wow, they're way smarter than me. <laughs> and it was clear, you know, it was, <laughs> you know, it was like, especially in math, like math was always like, I could do it, but it would, it would always take like really baby step and lots of, you know, effort on my part. Visuals and visuals. I, well, I just needed like time. You know, okay. I needed the, the the information to come in at a certain pace, or else I was lost. And that, well, I was the I was yeah. the guy in math, Jeff, where when the kid asked a question, mm. I was like, "How did he even know to ask right. that question?" <laughs> right? Like, how I did he just? Yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you mean. I always <laughs> felt like behind. Right. Like right. in in math, it was yes. like as soon as we open up the page, I'm behind. I'm like, what page? Get up. <laughs> Wait, what's going on? You know, <laughs> I always had that. You know what I'm talking about, right? You're like, like Jeff, we've been here two minutes. Exactly, and, and I'm like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Got it. So, um, I, so that actually, you know, did motivate me. On, I, I remember a story where, like, this was kind of an odd thing, but like, two of my really good friends were in the same math class as me. Mm -hmm. And I think it was seventh grade, right? 
And this was where the teacher was grouping people based on performance, right? Oh, oh. Right? So there were two groups or three groups. It was like, you know, the geniuses and then <clears throat> everybody and else you. and then the slow folk. <laughs> and I was in the middle, right? Right. But you could you could uh, you could graduate within the class from group to group if you performed better, right? Yep. So my two buddies were in the genius group, right? They were doing the hard stuff. And I was like, oh, man, I feel like a dork now because <laughs> I'm not hanging out with my friends in the genius group. So I was like, I, that motivated me to get better at math. And I did. And, I, and it was weird because it was really hard to keep up that. <laughs> right. Keep, keep up that right. level of. But thankfully, yep. I had two buddies that helped me through it, you know, and I survived. But, and, and thankfully, that never happened again. So then I went back to my normal math effort. <laughs> Well, you you know what, Jeff? I'm I'm a I'm a really firm believer in I so so I I, I too had insecurities in class because I wanted to be good, mm, um, yeah. and you know I had to work just a little bit harder, not only than some of the kids in the class, but my younger brother who was three years younger than me, he got stuff like you know like he he could almost tell you what you were the question you were going to ask. It was just really easy for him. Right. Whereas I was your C average student. Now I got stuff. Obviously I graduated on time. Yeah. Um, nobody skimmed me through or anything like that. But for, for the time that my mom and dad had to sit down with me and spend with me a little bit longer on different stuff where my brother just flew through a lot of it, created some kind of insecurities in me right. to get me no, to get the that. point of, yeah. So, you know, so that's there, but also, when I look back in retrospect, I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking to myself, you know what? Knowing who you're not helps you to sort of know who you are. Because, so true. Yeah. I, you know, in some ways, I read harder, I push harder than I know a lot of people that graduated from high school and all the people that we're talking about got it. I know my push and my persistence is so much stronger because I realized what what, what you were up my, against. Yeah, what I was up against and some of my own internal <laughs> and who you challenges. Were. Yeah, you got to know you a little yes. bit. Yeah. I got to know my weaknesses, right. face them head on. And this isn't just a good snippet. It, it's very true yeah, it's huge, about internally yeah. just realizing like, you know what? Okay, I'm not as strong as them, but I know my will is stronger. And so here's what I'm going to do. I know I need to try harder here. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, and th and I think it's all based on the subject in which part of the brain is being used. Yeah. You know, and math was never my strong suit. Now, yep. some other classes like English and science, I was always like, I mean, if you would have asked me at a certain age going forward, I would have always said, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a scientist, you know? Um, but that I got over that, you know, <laughs> it didn't last because I realized at some point that all scientists are math nerds, right? So that's true. But I was yeah. super curious. I, I loved science classes and, you know, when like middle school and high school, it's not real math heavy. It's just reading and understanding stuff. Yep. Uh, so I was good at science, you know, uh, up to a point. You know, and good at English too, and it was it was easy for me to like go home, do my homework, and generally get a like a B plus, you know, and okay. occasionally get an A. You know, I had some C's in there, and then and then uh, so I would say I graduated like B plus guy, and that was like there was effort, 
but yep. most of the effort was on the on the math. That's that, and it was more like not so much that I had a hard time um, doing the homework once I got home and you got everything got quiet and I could just figure the shit out myself. <laughs> yes, that's right, what I right. needed, you know. Or and if I got stuck, you know, I would I could go and ask. Okay, look, I'm going through these things and it's not working. What do I do? And then. Oh, just me and them. I needed a coach almost to do math. You know? Yeah, yeah. Same yeah. here. I mean, yeah. nobody, nobody could ever say during my high school time or even before that that it wasn't for a lack of trying. As I, I never, as I right. pointed out about the will, I the never, yeah. Even through high school, I never gave up on myself. I just That's knew that. That's good parents. Oh, I, I'm, I'm not as smart as my brother, or I'm not as. And so here's what I'll have to do. And to your point. I was a great reader, so yeah. I excelled at things like English, social studies, science, stuff yeah, that... everybody's good at something. Exactly. And so... Yeah. The, Even I, if it's I, math or auto shop or... Wood. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's where your interests lie, generally speaking. That's right. So, okay, so now you have to survive through that. Did you uh, eventually go back to school? I did. I went back to night school. Okay. Um, well, so you kept your job. You, I kept my job. Right, yep. right. Good for Had you. to keep the job. Yep. Yeah. Well, you got to so, pay the bills. You got to pay the bills. So I so went that means back you to didn't night. have that party time of your life. Woo! I, I never... <laughs> so so I take that back. I take that back, Jeff. I did have some party times in there. Okay, uh, good. But they were, they were few and far between than the average, you know, 21 yeah. to 25-year-old right. for sure. Uh, but I went back to school, took up things like uh, computer programming, took wow. Visual Basic cool. and stuff like... Yeah, so exactly. That, that was kind of my point earlier is that what I'm doing today at 42, you could have never told me in high school that you would be good at these things, that, that this is the kind of stuff that you'd be doing. But as my as I matured and as I pushed myself to get into things, the more things just naturally kind of evolved from me from both a business standpoint and just learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of worked out because I think if I would have went straight to – High school, right into college with no interruptions, I, I could have fumbled through that. But taking the time to sit back and allow myself to just live life a little bit yeah, as an yeah. adult, right. I think, uh, you know, it helps you absorb stuff differently when you go back to school. You get you just have a different set of eyes, I think. Yeah, and you also, you know, it, it, at the time, I'm sure it was very stressful, but you, oh, yeah. you learned personal responsibility as a, yep. as a skill almost. Yep. It's like I have to pay rent. I have to pay bills. I have to uh, make sure everybody's fed. <laughs> you know, that's right. And uh, I have to be responsible to make sure all those things happen every week, every month, every year. You know, so it's like that's a big deal. You know, and and when people skip over that and just kind of like, you know, hey, what's going on? You know, it's just so <laughs> naive. You know, and it's- like. It's it's very valuable, you know. It's it's valuable. I have a picture today where my brother. I'm in the hospital room and I'm holding my son, Priest Willis Jr., and I'm looking at him. And again, this is my first child, and my brother is looking at me, looking at my child. And someone took a picture of it. I don't even know who it is. Mm, but every wow. time I look at that picture, I always think to myself, how much when I was looking at my son, my investment was already. It was already cinched i mean it was already done that hey i'm i'm for you now i'm th- this is what i'm here for and again everything that i do after that so now i've had three kids i have four total 
but I did it for this day, right? Now my son is a 21-year-old man. He can look at me, and I can look at him and say, you know what? I, I honored our relationship. I stayed with you in spite of all the the roadblocks or whatever it may be. Mm. And you know what, Jeff? I'm glad I did because oh, yeah. Yeah, my family means so much to me and the the everything that, you know, I've become and I've seen them become has, you know, solidified, you know, because it, it was stressful. All of that stuff was stressful, it's both what, financially. It's like the perfect example of blessing in disguise. You would have never totally. chosen to do that, right? Totally. Not totally. if you were going in there, you know, with 100% perfect information. That's like, right. <laughs> never in a million years would have you signed up for that at 20. But then, yeah, it, it, then it happens, you know. Yeah, you, you and, just and, got a deal. And maybe not everyone has that particular circumstance. I'm sure there's something you have, Jeff, where, uh, you know, even if it's 2021, where it was just that one thing that made you switch gears in your life to go from a quote unquote high schooler, if you will, yeah, into okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get my stuff together, man. I got, you know, this is real. Uh, that was a very distinct memory because it was a one day thing. So. I was uh, I had graduated from high school in June, like most people do, mm-hmm. and I got a job working at my high school, uh, and with um, being like a a teacher's aide for one got of it. my fam- f- uh, favorite teachers. Yep. Uh, and 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 then I had signed up for community college classes full load, and uh, and I had worked out the financial aid, and I was going to get a loan, and my dad was going to help, and and that was the plan. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and I had been talking to the Air Force recruiter. Right. And uh, and I was just going to go in and tell them, tell him all of this and say, yeah, it was it was a really good pitch. But I don't think I'm going to join the Air Force. Have a nice day. Just to, so, you know, be so nice. you weren't going to go into the Air Force. No, 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 no. I was I was I had I had path B already oh. mapped out and got it and paid for and signed up for classes and everything. So I went in to tell the recruiter, just, you know, stop by. Hey, uh, Brian, uh, thanks, but no thanks, right? That was the plan. Mm-hmm. And Brian was sick that day. Uh, Sergeant Brian Boudry, anyway, really cool guy. But he was sick that day, and his, uh, and his supervisor was there. And his supervisor was an excellent salesman. <laughs> and he said things like, get out of Dodge Adventure, and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> All the keywords that will sell any words. young man. That's right. Get out of Dodge. You know, geez, this is Menominee, Michigan. Don't you want to see the world? <laughs> and then, you know, the stars hit my eye. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I signed up that day. <laughs> and then that December, I was in Texas going, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> and everything else after that was always different, right? Uh, Wait, but when you look back on it, do you, so, so now we're talking to Jeff, you know, X amount of years later, when you look back on it and this is, this is key. Yeah. Would you do it all over again? Oh yes, for sure. Okay. In a heartbeat. Okay. Because, you know, I, I can definitely, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if, if I can like look at a path and, Mm -hmm. and see, see like, um, uh, you know, a few years down the road, imagine a few years down the road. Like mm-hmm. if I would have, you know, done the community college thing and just imagine, even though I'm like 18, you know, I would, I could see that, okay, I would do that. I would do that for two years and then maybe go to college, but I would probably get a summer job at a factory, right? Mm-hmm. Cause that's what everybody does. 
That's and then, right. I, and then you know, and then I'd be going out drinking, and then I would be chasing women there in Menominee, Michigan, mm-hmm. and then she'd probably get pregnant, and then I would mm-hmm. need a better job, and you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like yes, I do. I had that moment in a flash. I was like, uh, I'm gonna be fat, overweight in a shitty job. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, in five years with, you know, I don't X number of kids, you know, like, ah! <laughs> okay, let's look over here. What will happen to you if you join the air force? Uh, I have no idea, but it'll be a blast. <laughs> so that's it, it what I did. It won't be that. It won't just... be that. Exactly. Yeah. Anything but that. That's, that's right. <laughs> at that point, that's all that mattered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you go to school. Uh, and what, what did you study in school in your night school stuff? Oh, you already said you get, did a little yep. computer programming. I went, I went to school. So it was business administration, okay. but I, I put a strong emphasis behind computer programming because I had a friend uh, that yep, that relocated. He graduated. He was one of the, the smart guys. It was in our local newspaper, uh, Journal Sentinel, jsonline.com now. Mm. Um so he was in there for the the academics that he was doing at Madison High School, and he did great things. So he went to Marquette for engineering. Ooh, good school. Yeah. So he, um, he, you know, he said while he was taking up engineering, he took all these classes in Visual Basic, and he was telling me, he said, "Hey, I'm telling you, learning coding and doing all that stuff is the future." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, okay. So I I'm gonna do that." So mm. when I went, I I went for business administration, but. I wanted to put the focus around programming and stuff like that, got involved in that. And, um, you know, I, I didn't enjoy Visual Basic. I mean, later on, I absolutely enjoyed doing things like uh, JavaScript and HTML and mm-hmm. doing all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, you know, later in the years, obviously. But Visual Basic gives recent, you a, a nice base. It gives you a premise to understand. Right. What's like, going on. Yeah, what it what, what's going on. And at this time, you know, people were still with Cobalt and they were, you know, it's still... Mm-hmm. A, Windows 3.1, so it's still <laughs> very early on with a you lot nerd. of. Yeah, you're a geek. You're such a geek. Yeah, I love it. And I mean, we started we started a website. Um, I went into the Wayback Machine to look at our first website. Me and this guy, his name is Lawrence. This is my best friend, mm. and uh, we started a website. One of the first, you know, from our standpoint, one of our first affiliate websites where we started putting banners on there, mm. um, <laughs> and it was going to be just kind of an underground forum where people could come in and talk as a community and all that good stuff. And we did that on front page. We were using Notepad wow. and front page. Wow. And that's before Dreamweaver was out. So, yeah. you know, before so everything er- became WordPress. <laughs> yeah. And we were using, right, before WordPress and all these other things that became yeah. real easy. But, right. you know, we were using like, uh, I used the um, internet called uh, MindSpring. So I don't, I'm not sure if anybody knows I've that. Heard but of MindSpring. That's when things used to, you had the modem dial tone and all. <laughs> So I, my father I remember that sound. Yeah, my and it was just <laughs> excruciating to sit there and wait for. People think that they have patience now. I mean, to wait for your internet to boot up. Mm. I mean, it's just amazing. So, anyways, so my father there at the local state fair, he's like, "Hey, um, there's this computer thing coming where you know, in different parts of the state fair, they're selling computer parts and all that kind of stuff." He says, "Let's build a computer together." Oh, and I'm like, like a blast. Yeah, I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. So we go out there. 
We and you know we're literally buying everything by the piece. We're buying the hard drive. We're buying the modem. We're buying the case. We're buying uh, the motherboard. We're buying the fan. Every everything we're doing. And yeah. keep in mind, we haven't built anything. We just kind of from a premise <laughs> yeah. and asking questions around there, learn how to put it together. So we're sitting there, um, you know, in his basement because uh, I had moved out by that point in his basement and putting the computer together. And I swear it took us hours. But it was the most, it was the best bonding time I've ever had with my dad. And literally, from that point on, it was history. I started a company uh, called PDW Software where we sold computers. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we would put computers together. You then were doing sold, custom, custom builds, I, basically. I, I was building custom-built computers. Absolutely nice. right. So, in fact, um, when, when people would buy them locally in Wisconsin, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I would buy the parts from uh, companies like Ingram Micro, Ma Labs, um, Newegg for certain parts and have it all shipped mm -hmm. to my house. But nice. then we found drop shippers. So there was companies online that built the custom uh, computers. So we would get we wouldn't even touch the product. We would just do a white label drop shipping oh, and wow. have it sent to them. We started we got um, the county of uh, or excuse me, uh, Minnesota, like mm -hmm. a certain uh, city within Minnesota, Woodbury. Um, and we would do all their computers for their whole spot. So just wow. by word of mouth, wow. we started to build this up. And um, wow. you almost became Gateway. Uh, <laughs> I was I was pretty far. You were <laughs> kind of close. I, I was no, I was just the please. gate. There was no way. <laughs> just the gate. No way. <laughs> I, I was just the gate. But yeah, was, that's that's kind of what they were doing. I mean, that was like you know they. But they were they were doing it in much bigger volume. So. Yeah, they were doing it. Yeah. Obviously, Dell, he started in his dorm room, but it right. all kind of naturally progressed to a bigger volume. But after neat. that point, it was just so much time being spent on it. Yeah. And, you know, people, you know, there were things like anxiety that would start to get in just from the stress of the job. And yeah. Um, so eventually I took it to online business, uh, sold the online business on Craigslist, believe it or not. Wow. You sold the business on Craigslist. That's I great. did. $8,000 <laughs> sold just my online part on on so they wow. wanted the back end. We we built a custom back end where people can select the different tool or uh, different product. Yeah. Yep. And wow. the agreement was for us to sell the domain name, the customizer essentially. Um uh, we we gave them the the names of all of our suppliers and we kind of opened up the books for them. Yeah. So they just bought intellectual property. We never sure. really sold anything physical. Right. right. Uh, yeah, so that's you know that's kind of the the catalyst for a lot of that stuff. Neat, wow. Yeah. So how long did you keep that going? Uh, probably about seven eight years. Oh, neat. Um, okay. That was running, and it, it, it you know sort of it was a natural progression. So we did the computer stuff, we did computer repairs, but you know, and I'm not over exaggerating here. So you would fix somebody's virus on their computer. Yeah. They would literally have it for two weeks, come back with it. And they say, look, I got that virus again. And you'd go into their to their cookie and see all where they've been. And you're like, hey, if you stop going to shakeyourbooty.com, <laughs> um, that will be your first step to not getting any more viruses. <laughs> so so it just yeah. became really laborious having yeah. to deal with people that didn't understand. Like once we clean it out, it doesn't mean that it's not going to come back again, especially if you're doing the same thing right. that got you into it the first place. So. <laughs> I literally tiptoed out the back door, out that business, and wanted to stay purely online. So we started developing um, 
websites. So all we did was HTML, pump out different websites. But because of WordPress and theme forest and all this other stuff we just right. we just couldn't keep up from a from a price perspective anymore yeah yeah that it's it's getting to the point now where i mean you still need web experts but calling them developers now is a little yeah yeah i don't know what you call them anymore <laughs> i know they call them web designers i guess is what they call them now but yeah and i think for bigger companies that makes sense you know like i'm i'm at lenovo and mm-hmm. uh there, there's an opportunity there to have web developers on scene to do a lot of stuff. But if you have smaller companies, and this is where those developers, quote unquote, developers in some areas, have to be able to veer themselves, right? So, right. you oh, know, yeah, you, you see the writing on the wall that WordPress and, and um, ThemeForce and all these other people that we just mentioned are out there. What what are you going to do to capitalize on that they're out there or on your other skill sets within this? So, right. That that's kind of the constant shifts I was involved in. I'm always trying to look ahead to see. Okay, I don't necessarily have to throw this skill out, which would be throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Right, but right. how can I evolve what I'm doing here? Yeah, you know, I did. Uh, have you ever heard of a uh, a thing called uh, Site Build It? It's uh, a Canadian company. They kind of like yeah. walk you through basically making a website with the idea of. Their back end is really cool for SEO, is essentially. Wait, yes. So that was really SBI. big a few years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. I've absolutely heard of them. Yeah. So I tried uh, and failed at, at blogging with SBI sites, right? So um, I had to go through. So I was in this position of having this very clunky, static SBI site that I didn't really want anymore, but I didn't really want to make go away forever. <laughs> so I wanted to uh, move it over to a WordPress site and then forget about it, basically. Got right? it. And and stop paying. What was SBI. it like? An affiliate? Was it an affiliate? No, just no, it was just like a blog. Got it. It should have been on just WordPress to begin with, but I thought maybe if I do SBI, I'll learn how to make money on a blog. Well, it turns out I really just don't like blogging. <laughs> <laughs> See, knowing knowing who you are and helps you to know who you are. It took me way too long to figure that out. You know? <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm a slow learner sometimes. But I I ended up, you know, not through any sort of choice, but just this sort of like, well, it's like my baby. I don't want it to be dead forever. It's now dead. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> anyway, at that time, I decided to copy and paste those 300 so pages from oh, SBI wow. to a WordPress site. That was oh, the wow. only way to do it. Just That's page painful. by page, control C, control V, <laughs> essentially. Um, and I did it. And then uh, a friend of mine um, who also was in the same situation, she was like, man, I don't want to keep paying WordPress, SBI. And I'm like, well, I, I moved mine over to WordPress, and now I can ignore it a lot cheaper. And she's like, I want to <laughs> do that. <laughs> Because she was in the same boat. She didn't want the content to go away because there were still yep. people reading it. Yep. So she said, well, I'll pay you whatever you want, whatever you say. And uh, and I was like, well, you know, the going rate is a buck a page. Right? So And she's like, I got a lot of pages. That's going to be a lot of work. And then <laughs> at, at the time, I was bored. So I, was, I said yes, but ugh, uh, what a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Right? Totally. Doing it for totally. you is one thing, but si- signing up to doing it for somebody else, totally different thing. 
I get it. Yeah. I, and I, I, that's when I, I realized I can do this, and I thoroughly will never do it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, okay, so now you've got, like, a grab bag full of skills. You know a little computer programming. You're into web developing. Jeez, yep. you built computers. You built a business. So what came it, next? Yeah, so I started uh, working at this company called AtomicPark.com, which was an online business. Uh they they sold software. Uh, this okay. is before digit companies like Digital River would you know do it electronically. They would sell physical software. And at the time, again, that was based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. At the time, it was about forty thousand dollars. When I left, it was more like forty million dollars. Wow. And, yeah, That's and some if serious you walk, growth, it was some serious serious growth. The business was very profitable. Did really well. I you know I seen a lot of personal success there. Uh, both financially and just in my own professional growth because I was able to learn other skills like Adobe Photoshop. And um, yeah, so it's a small group. So at that time, we had like 10 people that was working there and you literally could walk over to the design guy and he would teach you different tools of Adobe Photoshop, which Mm. is something that, you know, I even play with like CS8 and, you know, I've grown with uh, Adobe to this day because of that that time yeah well atomic park closed um it had some other issues with management and stuff but i went off and purchased the domain just to own it mm-hmm. and um you know again that's that's kind of where i when i first started my business it was piggybacking off of their customers so i had a built-in customer base right away too oh, because right. okay of Good atomicpark.com yep yeah, yeah. so it's i kind of like I, you bought a business yeah, more or less. Yeah, I, I was able to leverage that, um, having the domain name, kind of having the customer base in place. Right, you got and, a list, uh, you got some traffic. Got a list, got some traffic, <laughs> and, right. and that that's kind of also what, what helped the sale of the business overall. Um, but then, you know, I kind of just clunked along and got involved in affiliate marketing, and I had always been involved, you know, when I talked about building websites and kind of putting banners up, you know, early on with my friend there. Right. Uh, so all along, I always played with affiliate marketing and Google ads and stuff like that. So I was I was still like, well, I don't want to build computers anymore and I don't want to build websites anymore. Let me take this opportunity to figure out how to monetize sites that already exist yeah. or create more WordPress sites, something more simple that's plug and play. So I've done affiliate marketing for for just as long. And that's kind of where the the heart of what I what I do today has been at is with affiliate marketing. So as affiliate marketing has grown, I've been in the different evolutions of it, both as an affiliate manager and as an affiliate marketer myself. So just for folks that don't know, just give give us your elevator pitch version of what is affiliate marketing. It's a great question. So <laughs> affili- it's a really good question. So at the at the at the heart of it, and a lot of people, they don't, they really don't understand the concept or they don't really, uh, how do I want to say, they, they always think, oh, that's just with the banner clicky stuff on the website that blinks and stuff like that. You know, in one sense, you know, yes, that's what maybe. it could be. Maybe, that's a part not. of a, right. right. But affiliate marketing is, let's take a company like Lenovo or Target. A lot of times... They want to continue to sell their products, but they need a way to sell it other than just their own internal systems. Right. So they find people like you or myself that create blogs, as you talked about earlier, right. or have established websites or have established customer base on Facebook and Twitter and all these different social venues that we right. talked about. 
And they're able to sell to their customer base on what's called a CPA basis. That means cost per acquisition. Okay. So every time somebody comes through your site or through your social media page and clicks on a particular link, um, that link is tracked through an affiliate network. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once that affiliate network is tracked, all the transactions are done within there. And Target essentially pays through that network and you get a commission on the sale. Now, the commission itself varies. Right. The commission may be 10%, maybe 5%. A lot of times, depending on the... It can the, get crazy high, too. It can get very high, too, especially <laughs> especially on digital assets right, right. Um, where there's no physical product. You can make it pretty darn high. Right. Um, but when there's physical items, like if you're selling a computer, yeah. sometimes because the margins are so small, the commission's right. going to be small within right. that. And that makes but sense. In, in general, people do really well uh, within affiliate marketing just because of the model. It's more or less pay for play. And if you have a built-in process, you you know already established, or you have blog with content that makes sense already right. with there traffic. Yeah. with traffic. With traffic, because obviously right. you're not going to sell. You know, if your if your website is talking about skateboards, you're not going to sell computers. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it has to be related. Exactly, it has to be related. So yeah. it's just you know, very simply put, it's just you earning a commission by promoting other merchant, i.e., Target or Lenovo, by promoting their products. Right. Yeah, and that could be the thing is, is it could be just one of those banners, but yep. it, it could be a lot of different things. Yeah, marketing, affiliate marketing has so many different tentacles. I mean, banner is one aspect of it, but, um, you know, people write blogs and there's just hyperlinks to the website within the blog where you never see a banner and you may be clicking to go to Macy's and you had no idea that you just clicked on an affiliate link. Right. Um, A lot of times, like, uh, I'll use an affiliate link for uh, uh, talk uh, with Amazon, right? Yes, so yes. go to the show notes. We talked about this book. That well, that's an affiliate link. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I that's get right. a little tracking token with Amazon, and uh, and then if somebody clicks on that or buys that book, then I get seven cents or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> so a lot of times, affiliate yeah. marketers they need to you know the better they are with SEO and some of the other things, um, other tactics, yeah. marketing tactics, the better their affiliate marketing final outcome will be right so sure. if you're if you're high up on the blogs um then you can get that but look there there are other people in affiliate marketing that are doing email databases they are uh doing paid search within affiliate marketing so there's not just the the blinky banner on the website in fact that's you know i'll tell you what affiliate marketing is not jeff affiliate marketing is not multi-level marketing it's not ballroom hope it's not no. Some of this trashy stuff we know of. No, no. You know, a lot of folks that are like just say like bloggers, right? Yep. And the way they make money is they sell these online courses. That's right. Right. So, and those can get kind of pricey. Right. You know, thousands of dollars sometimes. So, um, it's not such a bad deal for that content creator you know if you're if you're a blogger you're already pretty popular yourself yep. and i know these guys right and but they they're doing uh uh they just did a course and that course costs you know somewhere between say three three hundred to uh a thousand dollars depending on your buy-in rate 
Um, now he's going to have a bunch of buddies, friends, other folks that are also in the same sphere and they can, you know, sort of like share links. That's, you know, and I know one guy that paid 50%, you know, yeah. for every sign up. Yes. Or, or more, get, you know, it can get really, really, I mean, the commission sometimes are awesome, you know, payouts because again, you know, when you're dealing with digital, you're not dealing with. Right. You make it physical. once, you know, totally. Right. Totally. So, and you know, I, I will take a step back and say something about courses in general, not sure particularly what we covered, but if somebody is interested in getting an affiliate marketing, there is so much out there in terms of free content online or uh, YouTube videos that just talk about affiliate marketing one-on-one, mm. I would probably take that step first. Same as if somebody wanted to get involved with coding. Before right. you go to any kind of boot camp or, or something along those. Something. Right. See yeah, how much I, you can learn for free. Uh, see how much you can learn and see if you really right. like it. Because you That's may listen true. to all of it and say, I don't want to invest any more oh, time. I don't or do that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Where you, it makes sense that Jeff mm. is doing... Um, internet or involved in affiliate marketing because of some of the content that you're trying to get across, some of the things that you, some reach that you may want to obtain mm. where somebody else is just some, somebody that's just talking about cats and they don't, <laughs> you know, it's not, they're not looking for the same attention level that you right, might be. Right, 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 right. It's a different yeah. level of engagement. It is. Where it is go. indeed. So talk, so your, your company is called Affiliate Mission. So we've yeah. talked a little bit about the affiliate part. Yes. What's yeah. the mission part about? Ah, very uh-huh. good question. Aha, 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 aha. Come into America. That's right. Aha. Uh-huh. Taste uh-huh. the soup. <laughs> There's uh-huh. a fly in. All right. All right. <clears throat> yeah, that'll just be between us. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's our little. Yeah. That's our aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You, you should have a little moment where it's aha uh-huh moment. There you, you know, go. Uh-huh. And just, I don't know. just like that. Aha. <laughs> Aha. Raider. Uh, so anyways, um, so really good question. So affiliate marketing, again, we when we talked about it, we talked about the affiliate themselves having the banner, selling on behalf of the merchant. Right. The merchant, however, is looking for someone to have communication and have that relationship with that affiliate. So you're looking, the, the, the merchant, Target, Lenovo, whoever it may be, is right. looking for representation. Mm-hmm. Almost as if someone it's like is a sitting partnership, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So, so Target is looking for some kind of partnership to say, "Hey, we don't want to necessarily pay for the resources to put someone in house here to act as our affiliate manager. So, we want to find somebody because we know we can't just ignore these affiliates who are selling on our behalf because we need them to sell like we would want it. Because there's communication, there's branding that we want." come across correctly there's follow-up there's follow-up right. there's all of these things involved that some people may not even think about from from a digital marketing perspective and what we do what affiliate mission does is we work on behalf of the merchant so someone like okay. lenovo someone like target someone like these other companies will hire us and we will step in and say okay target we'll we'll act on your behalf and we'll connect with the affiliates and sometimes in a lot of places we have relationships already established so we know people that can sell your product right away or have the influencer level mm-hmm. that we can get connected right away and um but all of that relationship that whole ecosystem is done with inside the affiliate network which i kind of mentioned earlier 
And so you also need someone who is well-equipped to work within within that network. And there's a lot out like Commission Junction. Well, you mentioned Amazon. Amazon has their own proprietary network, so they don't work with any of these companies that I'm right. naming because right, they right. do their own. Yeah. Um, but these other companies... Not everybody work- wants to get into it, though. Yeah, yeah, true, true. And so, you know, that's that's kind of what Affiliate Mission does at its core. That's how we manage the partnerships. The mission is that when we have a client, we say, okay, client, target, whoever it may be, Mm. we're going to take a portion of profits that we get from you and give it back to a charity of your choice. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I read a book by Blake McCoskey called Start Something That Matters. He is the... Uh, yeah, he's the CEO of Tom Shoes, and I was mm, I was just right. inspired by the whole thought of giving back and having kind of this social entrepreneurship. So this this business is really based in one treating our employees well, and two giving back um, on our merchants' behalf because you know at the end of the day though Jeff, what mm. matters is results. So they could care less if we was giving money back to <laughs> Haiti if we're not really getting them though or not getting them in ROI. So, mm. you know, we have to be good at what we do first. have to be effective first, obviously. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. But that's that's the mission part. We're we're giving back to charities. Our goal is to kind of leave a legacy and a footprint into the business world. So, so it's sort of like built into each one of your deals. Yes. Yeah. So oh, we wow. take depending on who it is, it, we give about 2 to 5% mm-hmm. uh, every quarter back to a charity of their choice, which depending on how much the contract is, depending on how much the sales are, could be relatively significant. Yeah, I knew another company. Actually, it's just a guy. Have you ever heard of, uh, oh no, I just forgot his name. Blanking, Chris something French. Uh, Gillibou, have you ever heard of him? Chris Gillibou, no, I haven't. Uh, Well, he's like travel hacker guy. Anyway, you could look him up. <laughs> All right, I will. I'll, I'll put his uh, his link in the show notes. But right. and he's one of those uh, content creators. He does courses. Yep. Um, but I know he does that too. So it's like whenever you buy one of his courses, he automatically right off the top gives like a percentage to his charity. So yes. he does it. So right. So on every sale, it's like an automatic deduction percentage i can't remember what percent was goes to his charity i think he likes charity water because of some volunteering that he did Char- charity water is a really big one i know a couple right. of other entrepreneurs yeah i mean you know jeff the 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 social aspect of business or it's what's changing. also you know it's it like, is changing it's like it's not just about making money i mean yeah you have to make money that is like uh hello you're not a business you're a charity wait a minute you're a charity not a business you're a business not a charity you have to put business first if you're going to be in business right that's right but that yeah. doesn't mean that that's you know, the only thing you can, you're about. Yeah. The, the, the thing that I hear or the term that I hear, it it may not be new, but it's conscious capitalism. It's, it's saying, look, we're not, you know, I'm about capitalism. I believe what capitalism present presents. I believe in all aspects, but I also believe that we need to be conscious about capitalism too, and understand that there are people hurting there are people in need. Yeah. There are communities that are broken right. for whatever reason, uh, you know, whether it's third world um, from water perspectives or right here in our own backyard from relationship perspectives. And we all need to support that. And sometimes and a lot of times n- no one is in a better position 
to try to present some solutions than businesses and the people within those businesses. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it and it maybe we can someday put a human face on the word business. Cuz you know, you know, usually have you ever heard this? It's like I'm about to screw you. Don't take it personally. It's just business. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I I, I I just watched a very long documentary on Netflix about Tom Petty, uh, oh. the rock and roll guy. Oh, yeah. And uh, he told this story about how his first producer screwed him over, right? And he eventually sued them and, and he got his rights back and all this other thing. And, uh, and he was like, this guy, he can't understand why we can't be friends. <laughs> 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 you know, he's like... Well, of course I screwed you. That's business. <laughs> that's, that's what we do in that's business. That's what we do in business. And Tom's like, uh, no, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to be your friend. <laughs> yeah, that the, 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 the whole the whole thing about integrity and character is about right. whether whether I'm in business or whether I'm just meeting you at Starbucks for coffee. I am the same exact guy. And that right. you know. For a long time, we've had this perception like it's a dog eat dog world and blah blah blah. And it is you, you because know. we make it so, and we make it so. And right. really, it's yeah. It comes down to, and I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. You know, I, I'm I'm okay with being a 1.2 millionaire, uh, or, or excuse me, a <laughs> 700 thousandaire right. versus a 1.2 right. millionaire. Yeah. If I have to sacrifice for the people that I work with and for other people because I want to keep my character and integrity intact. And again, Jeff, we talked about this, you know, some time ago, but it all comes back to my family when, you know, I, I look at kind of, my, it's very morbid, but I look at my obituary and everything else. And I want to see what people say to my kids when I pass on, I want to make mm. sure that, that when they hear about me, it's all things like, Hey, your dad was a good man. And that's not egotistical. It's, it's really saying, I want to leave a legacy for them and something that they can be proud of. Amen. Good yeah. for you. Thank you, sir. Priest Willis Sr. This has been a blast. Yeah, Jeff. So you're, we, can, we can find yeah. out more about you at uh, affiliatemission.com, right? Did I get That's that? right. Affiliatemission.com. You can uh, reach me on Twitter at Priest Willis. And uh, it's been a pleasure. You're, you're, you're an amazing host for sure. Thank you, sir. Oh, and don't you have your own podcast too? I do. It's a missions and marketplace podcast. Cool. So is that the uh, is that the is that the URL? Do you want to say it? Uh, well, the, if you go to affiliatemission.com, oh, it's there. You can you, find it. Okay. Yeah, and if you click Just on like the, the podcasts or something. That's right. That's right. It's perfect. Right there. Perfect. Yes. This has been a blast. Sorry to keep fun. you so long. <laughs> no, no. It's, are you kidding me? It's I'm. It's been an honor. You having a good time. All right, brother. So All right, uh, sir. Uh, you have a good one, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.